This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, uh, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of uh, Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with uh, my good friend, uh, Dr. Andrea Mariani, who is in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology in Gynecologic Oncology at the Mayo Clinic. Um, Andrea, welcome. Yes, uh, thank you, Pedro. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, um, this is um, a discussion on a publication that was uh, recently published in Gynecologic Oncology titled The Role of Lymphadenectomy in Endometrial Cancer with Non-Bulky Lymph Node Metastases, Comparison of Comprehensive Surgical Staging and Sentinel Lymph Node Algorithm. So certainly I think it's a, it's a much-awaited um, uh, study and a, and a very interesting publication so wanted to ask you some details about this study and, and certainly get your opinion regarding other issues related to sentinel lymph node mapping and endometrial cancer. But uh, just to start, can you just, uh, Andrea, give us the initiative or, or the rationale for putting together this study? Why did your team feel that this is an important question? The thera uh, so, thank you. Yes, the therapeutic role of lymphadenectomy has uh, never been demonstrated, as you know, in prospective randomized trial. And the literature is uh, overall mixed messages on this topic. Now, with uh, the use of sentinel nodes in endometrial cancer, many of us wonder if it is important uh, to complete a lymphadenectomy in patients with positive sentinel nodes. This paper that we are now discussing uh, is uh, really part of a larger collaboration that we have done with uh, our friends at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering, in which we compare the data of our two institutions, historical data from Mayo Clinic with systematic pelvic and paraortic lymphadenectomy versus more contemporary data from Memorial on uh, sentinel lymph nodes. And... Uh, Yes, and during the last three or four years from uh, this collaboration, we had published multiple studies. But uh, as regards the current study, we are focusing on patients with non-bulky positive nodes. People ask us all the time, if sentinel nodes are positive, do we need to complete systematic pelvic and paraortic lymphadenectomy? And with this study, we try to answer to this question. And uh, Andrea, so specifically then, what was the primary aim of the study? Yes. So in this study, we wanted to compare survival and progression between two different nodal assessments, sentinel nodes versus full lymphadenectomy in patients with positive nodes. And we looked at oncologic outcomes and site of recurrences with a particular focus on lymphatic recurrences. Yeah, so I was really looking forward to this uh, to this discussion because, uh, as you know, there are many centers that um, you know certainly still argue for a full, complete lymphadenectomy and haven't adapted the the uh, a component of the sentinel lymph node mapping. So specifically for these patients, uh, what were your inclusion and exclusion criteria? So uh, we compared two retrospective series of patients with positive nodes. One from Memorial Sloan Kettering is treated with the Sentinel node algorithm. 
and the other from Mayo Clinic with systematic pelvic and paraortic lymphadenectomy. And this study focuses on patients with stage three disease, and we excluded the stage four patients. And also we excluded from the study those patients with bulky nodes, either at imaging or during surgeries. Thus, please may, uh, uh, be aware that our conclusions do not apply to patients with bulky nodes. In fact, removal of bulky nodes is still part of the sentinel node algorithm. Also, we excluded patients with ITC from the memorials long catering series, isolated tumor cell ITC. And, uh, you know, I'm always interested in hearing from the authors whenever there are comparisons that are two groups not from the same time period. So pertaining to the inclusion criteria regarding the time of inclusion in the first group versus the second group, I noted that the full lymphadenectomy group was from 2004 to 2008, and the sentinel lymph node group was from about 2006 to 2013. And my, my question is, how do you think this might have impacted the results of your study, given that it basically is two time frames of inclusion? Yes, and thank you. This is a, a very very important question, and uh, this is an observational study with all the limitation of it. And uh, using of historical control is uh, a well-known potential bias. Uh, changes in endometrial cancer treatment over time are likely to have contributed perhaps to better outcomes in patients who have been treated more recently, which leads to a bias in favor of the sentinel node series. Also, historical comparison may possibly lead to difference in follow-up. There is more follow-up in historical series. However, I have to share with you that in our current paper, we have adjusted for this different for follow-up. However, there may be some, some hidden difference that we don't know about. Another uh, potential problem is uh, the potential implicit bias in excluding more difficult patients from the Sentinel node series. And uh, obviously you have uh, also, you personally, Pedro, have well described this uh, potential problem with uh, the limitation uh, comparing the LAC trial with historical series. But uh, what I have to tell you is that in our paper, this is the best evidence that we have so far while we are waiting for a better evidence. And, and Andrea, uh, I noticed that, and you previously mentioned that you excluded patients with isolated tumor cells in the, in the lymph nodes. And, and I was wondering, you know, why would you not consider these patients? And, and that obviously brings us back to the question, is an isolated tumor cell positive lymph node considered a positive lymph node? Uh, so I just wanted to hear your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, as, as you know, there is still an uncertainty on the clinical significance of isolated tumor cells in endometrial cancer. They are a sign of low volume metastasis. So uh, in, from what we know is that these uh, isolated tumor cells may be important in patients with um, more aggressive disease and perhaps less important in low risk, but we don't really know. The main reason for excluding them from this paper 
is that we didn't have ultra-staging in the Mayo series, and therefore patients with micrometastasis in the Mayo series are likely in the negative nodes group. Therefore, we didn't want to create an unfair advantage toward the sentinel node cohort by introducing lower risk patients into their group. Yeah, that, that totally uh, makes sense, and I can see why you did that. Um, another question was the rate of uh, external beam therapy. I noted that was uh, you know, significantly higher in the lymphadenectomy group versus the sentinel lymph node group, uh, 15% versus 2%. Um, how do you think this might have impacted the results of your study? So, uh, yes, there were some differences in the type and rate of adjuvant therapy in the two cohorts. Uh, so, for example, there were more patients in the sentinel node group who had chemotherapy, and this may have played in their favor. On the other side, as, as you are saying, there are more patients in the Mayo population who had externally been radiation, and this may have helped for local control. However, the rate of patients who receive combined treatment in the two groups was basically similar, and also we use multivariate analysis to adjust for this observed difference. So, uh, and then it's important to note that there were no clinically meaningful differences between our two groups in terms of age, histology grade, myometrial invasion. Uh, so overall, I would feel that they were well balanced. However, I agree with uh, your statements that uh, uh, this uh, uh, difference in type of adjuvant treatment may play the role. And uh, Andrea, one thing is that you know it seems from the results of, of the study that the risk of periodic uh, progression of recurrences was almost four times higher in the sentinel lymph node group. And my, my question is, do, do you think that this is happening because we're not evaluating the periodic region as thoroughly as we should when doing sentinel lymph node, or we're perhaps just focusing so much on detecting bilateral uh, sentinel lymph nodes? Um, and in other words, also, were these isolated periodic recurrences? Yes, and thank you for this question, and certainly I agree also here with your statements. Uh, according to historical Mayo data, approximately two-thirds of patients with positive lymph nodes have paraortic dissemination, and therefore if we don't target the paraortic area uh, in patients with positive nodes, cancer can potentially grow there. Note that paraortic lymphadenectomy in this paper was performed in all patients at Mayo Clinic and in only 50% of patients at Memorial. And so, in fact, in our study, we observed a non-significant trend for a higher rate of paraortic recurrences in the sentinel node cohort. But this does not translate into a survival advantage. And also, uh, although the risk of paraortic progression was almost four times higher in the sentinel node cohort, the rates of isolated paraortic progression were similar, 4% in the sentinel node and 4% in the lymphadenectomy. And this finding emphasizes that many, approximately 50% of paraortic recurrences are associated with concomitant distant dissemination. And so 
Looking at the medical literature, retrospective data on the potential therapeutic role of paraortic lymphadenectomy, as you know, they have provided mixed results. And the present study seems to suggest that not removing paraortic nodes may increase the risk of paraortic recurrences. However, many of these patients will receive adjuvant chemotherapy or combined chemoradiation. And though we observed no difference in survival, we believe that the administration of uh, chemotherapy and radiation is likely to at least partially treat any residual microscopic metastasis that may have been left behind after a more limited lymphatic surgery. And also remember that endometrial cancer patients, they die of distant recurrences. As, and as I said before, many paraortic recurrences are associated with concomitant distant hematogenous or peritoneal dissemination, which may be potentially controlled only by systemic therapy. Surgery is a local regional treatment like radiation, and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It provides mainly local or lymphatic control but it is less likely to provide a survival advantage. Yeah, and, and again, that, that brings me to the point of uh, sort of reemphasizing, because you, you brought it up uh, briefly in your answer now, um, with regards to the role of the lymph node assessment. There, there are many that still propose that there's a therapeutic advantage to a lymphadenectomy, Um, and, I, and, I, and, and I think I heard you say that in your mind, there is no therapeutic advantage to full lymphadenectomy. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So uh, let's say that there may be, uh, we don't know about patients with bulky nodes, and there may be a potentially a, a role in, uh, in um, controlling local control, like, uh, like we were saying of the paraortic area, so like radiation. We have never demonstrated that radiation in endometrial cancer improves survival. However, we all agree that there is some local control. So it may be that also paraortic lymphadenectomy, even in the, especially when there are bulky nodes, may provide some local control. But then the problem is that these patients die, die because of distant disease. And so this is why it's so difficult to demonstrate an advantage. And also when patients have lymphadenectomy, they receive other treatment as well when they are at high risk. Yeah. And so this is why uh, it's, it's very difficult to, to see any, any real advantage. And, and, and Andrea, I, um, you know, I noticed that there was a statement that you emphasize in the, in the study regarding the importance of tumor biology and the type of post-operative treatment as the strongest predictors of overall prognosis. So noting that sentinel lymph node or full lymphadenectomy did not impact outcomes in this study, would you be suggesting that we can potentially determine treatment based on histologic grade and tumor subtype and potentially forget about lymph node evaluation of any kind? You know, uh, great question. And to me, sentinel nodes like surgical staging is transitory. It will pass. The future is molecular analysis, will, will, which will direct our treatment. The majority of recurrences and death in endometrial cancer occur in poorly differentiated tumor, especially serous or serous-like. This is why I believe that our future research 
needs mainly to focus on these high-risk patients for which we don't have any effective treatment. The real novelty, the real improvement will come when we will find treatment for this problem. And um, Andrea, what would you say are some of the limitations of this study? Yeah, there are, as you know, several limitations of this study. First, uh, it's retrospective and no, no randomized design that may have introduced a bias inherent with such design. And also, uh, as we spoke before, the problem of a comparison with historical control. Also, the median number of uh, sentinel nodes was high in the memorial series. And also the small sample size, which may limit the uh, statistical power of our conclusion. So overall, this I feel that are the main limitations. And, and as a follow-up to, to your answer there, um, you know, I did note that, that in the study, the median number of pelvic uh, lymph nodes removed in the sentinel lymph node cohort was quite high. I mean, it was, uh, I think it was 12. So wouldn't you call this uh, a lymphadenectomy rather than a sentinel lymph node mapping? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, and uh, I agree with your comments that the median of 12 pelvic sentinel lymph node is high. However, uh, remember this, that according to the Sentinel node algorithm proposed at Memorial, um, uh, all enlarged suspicious lymph mode should be removed regardless of mapping. And also, bilateral site-specific lymphadenectomy should be performed in case of no mapping or unilateral mapping. And so it is possible that parts of these patients with positive nodes and memorial did not map, at least on one side. In fact, we know that these are, remember, it's a very high-risk population. They are all patients with positive nodes. So there is a possibility that many of them didn't map. And so the positive lymph node is a, a risk factor for no mapping. You know that. And so uh, some of the surgeons may do a specific side-specific pelvic and paraortic lymphadenectomy. And if this is true, as I believe, it would not change the results of the study because it means that the sentinel lymph node algorithm identify patients that don't map and they need to complete a lymphadenectomy. And so this, and also remember that at Memorial, uh, they uh, they didn't do frozen section, and so they didn't know that this patient had positive nodes during the surgery. So they only used the, the sentinel lymph node algorithm. And so overall, I think that this would still reinforce that the algorithm uh, is a really a, a good way to approach this patient. The other thing that uh, I comment about that, in that uh, time period of the sentinel lymph node cohort, many surgeons were still on the learning curve. And so they may, be, uh, may, may have been more aggressive with uh, removing sentinel nodes. And, and Andrea, one last thing about the limitations in that, you know, some would argue and could potentially say, well, you know, I, I question the validity of the conclusions of the study because perhaps the, the you know, was there really appropriate power to answer the, the question? Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on that comment? Yes, so... Uh, although we included all consecutive patients stage 3C from two big center, a large, long time period, our study was only 
powered to detect the large effect sizes of the outcome of interest. We can detect only uh, sizes uh, of uh, differences that are more than threefold uh, with our limited number. So this is certainly an important limitation, but also be aware that overall, exactly because uh, many times you don't know that patients have positive notes before the surgery, you don't know that. And uh, second, the number of patients with positive notes is limited. It's very unlikely that these questions will be answered by a randomized clinical trial. And so uh, really this is the best evidence that, that we have so far. But uh, I agree. I agree with your statement. Yeah, and, and Andrea, I noticed that the majority of patients in the complete lymphadenectomy group underwent a laparotomy. And I was wondering if you had information as to what was the predominant approach for patients who underwent just the sentinel lymph node. And I would presume that most likely since it was at a latter time frame that many of these were minimally invasive, either by laparoscopy or robotics. Um, do you think that the surgical approach could have had an impact on your results? Yes, so uh, that's uh, another clever question. And uh, certainly the uh, memorial population, the majority of patients underwent a laparoscopic approach. However, it's true also that uh, in, in the literature, we don't have good evidence that uh, laparoscopy or we don't have any evidence that laparoscopy uh, uh, make uh, worse survival in endometrial cancer so far. So it shouldn't seem to be an issue. And also it would have played in favor of the open group instead of the laparoscopy group. In the present paper, we did not observe difference in outcome as well, as we already said. However, it is also uh, interesting to note, we have another paper that we have done in collaboration with Memorial. And we have, or we have multiple papers, but one of them, we looked at the outcomes of the Memorial series versus the Mayo series, just focusing on patients with serous endometrial cancer. And in that series is the only series in which we see some small differences in favor of the laparotomy. It's the only group. We don't see those differences in any of the comparison that we did on endometrioid patients, only in serous, some differences in recurrent free survival, and we can't really explain this difference. So perhaps that's the only group that I can think about in which perhaps we may have to go deeper and understand better the role of open versus laparoscopic surgery, but also please take this statement just an hypothesis generated. I'm not saying that this is true. I don't know. So Andrea, one uh, last question that I had was, you know, certainly the sentinel lymph node algorithm um, is a strategy that has been adapted without data from um, randomized controlled trials. Now, do you think that perhaps this is an innovation that has been implemented before evidence from prospective uh, data? Um, do you feel that realistically a prospective randomized trial will be uh, performed um, before it becomes an established uh, standard of care? 
you know, thank you for this uh, very important question. Many times people ask me, for example, how can we avoid the lymphadenectomy in endometrial cancer with positive nodes without, uh, again, a randomized clinical trial? However, please be aware that nodal staging per se has never been validated in endometrial cancer by a randomized trial. We started using staging based on a study on patterns of dissemination and not a randomized trial. And so if we look at prospective randomized trial with all the limitations, so please don't say that I, I, I am aware of the limitation of those randomized trials, but the standard of care should be hysterectomy. And any randomized, tri uh, randomized trial should have a hysterectomy only arm. And so uh, overall, uh, to me, that's the main point that uh, we are considering standard of care, something that is not considered uh, and with a randomized trial. On the other side, others have already failed to identify a therapeutic value of lymphadenectomy in a randomized fashion by comparing hysterectomy only to systematic lymphadenectomy. For this reason, I anticipate that it will be even more difficult to demonstrate a therapeutic benefit of lymphadenectomy versus sentinel nodes, especially knowing that the majority of patients with positive nodes will receive adjuvant therapy, which, as we have seen, will mitigate the possible therapeutic role of extended lymphadenectomy. And one last comment, be aware that in the LAC trial, you were comparing two types of therapeutic procedure. Here, we don't know if they are therapeutic. Here, we are comparing perhaps two likely diagnostic procedures, lymphadenectomy versus sentinel nodes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and, uh, and just before closing, I wanted to uh, certainly have our audience hear it from you with regards to Today, uh, what is the standard approach at the Mayo Clinic? Are you still performing full, complete lymphadenectomy following the previous Mayo criteria um, in select patients, or have you integrated the Sentinel lymph node al algorithm as a standard? No, no. Now, uh, the Sentinel lymph node algorithm is the standard at the Mayo Clinic, and so this is uh, how we approach uh, patients with endometrial cancer. And uh, really, the beauty of uh, the of uh, uh, of Sentinel nodes is that they allow us to identify patients. Uh, with positive nodes, with lymphatic dissemination, with uh, minimal morbidity. And uh, overall, we know that from a diagnostic point of view, there are extensive, extensive data that demonstrate that uh, sentinel nodes works pretty well to identify patients with positive nodes. So, Andrea, I could uh, keep speaking with you for a very long time. This is such a fascinating subject, and obviously you have been a leader in this area. Um, um, but just obviously in the interest of time, I wanted to ask you if you had any uh, closing uh, remarks for our audience. Yes, yeah, so I, uh, I overall uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. And so overall, I would summarize that with the limitation of uh, all the retrospective observational analysis that we have extensively described, our results seems to support the use of the sentinel node algorithm without completion lymphadenectomy in patients with non-bulky stage 3C endometrial cancer 
recursive appropriate therapy. And the combined adjuvant chemotherapy and radiation and not the extent of lymphadenectomy seems to be more important in reducing recurrences. And this makes sense. With the sentinel nodes, we actually identify those patients with non-bulky positive nodes, and then we frequently treat them with adjuvant therapy. And if there is a difference in outcomes based on the extent of lymphadenectomy, it is probably limited and likely masked by the fact that the majority of these patients actually receive postoperative therapy. So overall, uh, this is the best evidence that we have so far. It needs to be controlled by a trial, certainly. I agree with you. However, it will be first very difficult to do a trial in, uh, that does this comparison. Two, it will be very unlikely that a trial comparing lymphadenectomy with sentinel nodes will show a difference because we didn't see a difference in a lymphadenectomy versus hysterectomy. And number three, if we do a, a randomized trial, we need an arm of hysterectomy only. So because uh, this should be probably uh, considered, even if uh, at this point, uh, it should be considered for the purpose of a randomized trial what uh, it should be uh, the standard of care. So, Andrea, I want to thank you for the time that you have spent. Uh, I certainly, as a gynecologic oncologist, uh, I also want to thank you and our good friend Adima Barostam also for the amazing contributions that uh, both of you have made uh, to our field, particularly in this area of uh, uh, sentinel lymph node mapping. So uh, I'm very grateful and again, honored to uh, speak with you on this occasion. Thank you so much. Thank you.